KXNO. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome to a uh, Wednesday edition of Miller and Condon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Trent Condon and myself with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you uh, spending some of your morning with us as we take you up until noon. BMW of Des Moines guest list uh, here today. Going to talk a lot of college basketball on the program. Uh, In the first hour, Kevin Lehman, a weekly contributor, brought to us by... Our friends at Washer, Washer Systems, Systems of Iowa. Iowa. Jeff Egley and the crew out there. It is cold outside. Heaters for well, not inside. tomorrow. Not tomorrow. Over the weekend, little yeah. flurries coming in. Going to be chilly. Get that heater for your garage, for your shop. They can help you out there. And, of course, all kinds of pressure washers. Washer Systems of Iowa. Makes it possible for us to speak with Kevin Lehman weekly during the basketball season. He's coming up at 1025. We'll do some Valley, but we will uh, branch out from there with uh, with Kevin Lehman, a basketball analyst. Uh, at 1045, always grateful when we uh, can find our way on to Blair Kirkhoff's uh, schedule. Kansas City star, longtime columnist. New the Chiefs, obviously. They've got a big playoff game at Arrowhead on Sunday afternoon. Well, Kansas pays a visit to Ames tonight in a big, big spot. Boy, the Cyclone fan base would feel a whole lot better about the way things are going in the athletic department if they can put one in the win column. Not that a loss is going to, you know, mean the end by any means. But look, okay, we're talking Kansas and Iowa State. It's been terrific over the years, and fingers crossed that it provides an entertaining night tonight. So Blair Kirkhoff will opine on the Big Twelve and on the Chiefs, in particular the Chiefs uh, and. The the Texans this weekend as they will collide at Arrowhead Stadium Sunday in the early game. In the 11 o'clock hour, David Kaplan's back. It'll be the first time in 2020 we get Cappy. A lot of ground to cover with Cap. Full disclosure, new to the program. Appreciate you being here and trying us out. Uh, we tape Cappy on Wednesday morning at what time? 8.35. Yep. Cappy's on the air at 9 o'clock and it's impossible for him to join us live. So uh, we taped Cappy about 90 minutes ago. We'll get the we'll hear from Cappy at 11 and then Bill Bender from the Sporting News uh, covers college football. He's their national college football columnist. We will talk to Bill, as we always do on Wednesday, about the national championship. I know he's branching out and doing some NFL uh, as well. He's got a good preview of Seattle and Green Bay up at SportingNews.com. And then we'll save some time at the end of the program to uh, go on record as to how we think the Clones and the Jayhawks We'll do tonight ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus, and I got you signed up, and you're I'm ready not, to roll. I'm all set. I went through the Cyclone Fanatic portal, and I highly encourage you, if you're a Cyclone fan, to do that and to go that way as they get a little kickback for that. Even Hawkeye fans, if you're going to sign up for ESPN Plus, you should go through Cyclone Fanatic because we know how much time you spend over there and how much fun you have with it. <laughs> uh, it's uh, So anyways, uh, lots of ground to cover. Three games, uh, three of the four played last night. We know one will play tonight. Uh, the, both of the Valley teams come out on top. Nice win with uh, with, uh, with Drake beating Loyola. Mm-hmm. All three television stations doing their 6 o'clock news, their little live shot from down there. Robbins, who was sick, 
talked to Heather before the game. Didn't yeah. know this. I guess they're sponsored by Broadlawn something. Yes, yeah. So the Broadlawn's player of the game was Mr. Robbins, uh-huh. who spent the morning at Broadlawn's. <laughs> getting some IVs. Getting some IVs. Uh, good for him. Uh, f- finished up with 20 last night. Uh, the preseason player of the year, Krautwig, had a nice game, but uh, they were able to shut him down. Uh, meanwhile, uh, you and I is um, finds themselves in the win column. How about the top of that? I know it's early. They're three games into mm-hmm. it. But a handful of teams at 2-1, and one, including both Northern Iowa uh, and Drake, off to good starts as Indiana State falls to the Panthers last night. Fife was okay, but Burhau apparently was the dude last night. I didn't see any of it, just uh, following the game on Twitter. Um, so good for the Valley teams. Now, let's head uh, west to Lincoln. I told you yesterday. You did, and I... and. Um, I didn't. I didn't want. I didn't want to listen. Yeah. Right. Not that I don't listen to you. I did. I wanted your opinion on this game to be incorrect, as I thought. You know, if, if this if this Hawkeye team has got an opportunity to be, I don't know where they're going to fit, but if they're going to get to the tournament and be talking about a legitimate team that's that's got a place in the middle of the Big Ten, you're going to go over to Lincoln, depleted roster or not, and and win the basketball game. And Trandy was just, I still think it was one of those nights, right? I mean, mm-hmm. am I alarmed about the Iowa team a little bit? Because I don't, I just wonder how much gas is going to be left in the tank, quite frankly, when the calendar turns to February. When you're playing six and a half guys? Yeah. I mean, Riley Till is, right. you know, it's spot a couple on the of floor, minutes spotter. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's all. A couple of fouls. He, he was, yeah, I think he was. Then he pick up two fouls in like two or three minutes. He yeah. was in there uh, in the beginning of the game. Not sure how many play- he couldn't play many more minutes than that. But boy, there was there was a time, and it wasn't a long time. Garza and Weiskamp were both on uh, both on the bench at the Weiskamp on the floor uh, at the or on, the, on the bench rather at the same time. And it was Creener, and it was Till, and it was Pemstel, and it was Evelyn, and one other who's getting their shot. That's exactly right. Yeah. You know, and, and if you're and, getting shot, how good is that shot? That's it. And, and Hoiberg said after the game, look, our game plan was to pack it in on Luca mm-hmm. Garza. And Garza still had a good night, 16 points, 18 rebounds. Toussaint couldn't, um, at least from a distance, couldn't make a shot to save his life. I mean, in they the only rim, made okay. four. Yeah, but they, re- you know, he realized, you know what, this isn't working. I'm going to put the ball on the floor and take it to the hole. And, you know, then he got his, then he did his damage. With the current construction of this team, it's not close to an NCAA tournament team. If you can't go to Nebraska and win, mm-hmm. you're not good enough to be an NCAA tournament mm-hmm. team. And the concern is... Well, Frederick's a huge concern. Yeah, and that's it. C.J. Frederick, without him out there, just how depleted they are on the perimeter, and especially with shooting. You saw that last night, rear its ugly head. And I saw so much both Twitter and message board conversation last night. Well, just get it inside. Well, that was exactly what Nebraska was negating. <laughs> right. You throw it inside, it's going to be a turnover. And I only turned it over 11 times last mm-hmm. night. That had actually been a problem for them. That wasn't the case, but... They weren't forcing it in there because you couldn't get it in there. That was the game plan. In a game you go four for 33 from downtown, Mm -hmm. you're going to lose. You lost to a bad team, but it's still Mm -hmm. a loss. It's a road loss, and now you got to find a way to make things up here. And here comes Maryland. you got to beat Maryland. You have to beat Michigan. You have to win all four of these games that are at home, and then probably also the road game at Northwestern. I was put themselves in a position now where – for the next two weeks. And think about that, Trent. We don't even have to go back months. We're talking about weeks. We're mm-hmm. feeling really good about what this team did in the non-con. And maybe even days before we found even out days, how, yes. how significant the injury was for C.J. Fred. So what are you hearing? Stress fracture, stress know that, reaction. but how, much, how about time? Any, are you hearing any? Because McCaffrey was non-committal, mm-hmm. although he did say... 
if if it's worse than some think, then mm-hmm. they're going to shut him down. And look, nobody thought that they were going to put him out on the floor if he's hurt. No right. one thought that. But what I took away from that quote, Trent, was maybe this is a little bit longer than first thought. I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. When you're hearing those kind of things and, and conversations about we might have to shut it down, that's where it goes. I've seen anywhere this can be a two to four week injury or a four to six week injury. So. You're talking about anywhere from you know, back here in a couple of weeks, and by the end of January, mm. he's good to go, or you're looking at the end of February. So best case scenario, Michigan? Best I case? I don't even think that's a realistic mm. scenario. If it is the injury that is being talked about here, the stress fracture or a stress reaction, I think that's even too quick for him to come back. You're probably looking maybe the best case scenario would be that home game with Rutgers. That's Wednesday, January 22nd. Jeez. How about Rutgers, by the way? They're good. They are good. They might be NCAA tournament I think good. they are, too. Look, I watched them on Friday night start to finish against Nebraska, mm-hmm. and I, as I paraphrased it on Monday, I know it's Nebraska, but they got some dudes. Yep. That was a good win over Penn State, who we saw beat Iowa uh, at the Palestra this past week. Speaking of Iowa and Hawkeyes, uh, if you'd like to go to the Michigan game, Dr. Stephen Fuller, FullerDental.net, is making it possible uh, for one of you to win four tickets to that game. Simple Simply go to kxno.com, click on the contest tab. Uh, there you'll see the win tickets to Michigan and Iowa. It's very simple. All you have to do is tell us how many points will be scored in Maryland and Iowa, both teams closest uh, without going over. That's this Friday. So how many points will be scored in the Maryland-Iowa game this Friday? The tiebreaker, if necessary, is Garza total points and rebounds and closest without going over. One person is going to win four tickets to see Michigan-Iowa a week from Friday night. Carver Hawkeye, 8 o'clock tip from there. So Maryland comes to town. Um, Nice win out of Maryland last night. Yeah, it was a nice win out of Maryland, although we both feel that Ohio State, not that they peaked too early, that maybe that there was a little bit of fool's gold from that team. But but don't you think, Trent, as as I don't want to get I really don't want to get down on this Hawkeye team. I don't, because I like this group. I I do. do. There's some toughness to them, some of those warts started to come out, and I, I thought the biggest component of that was Joe Wieskamp. Joe Wieskamp's last game was wise? terrible. Yeah, and not, not only was he terrible shooting the basketball, he wilted at times. When they needed him in a game like this, where they're packing in against Garza, you don't have any other options out there offensively that you're excited about, you need Joe Wieskamp to rise to that moment. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He wilted. Mm-hmm. He was passing up open shots in the first half. He was going inside. He was gun shy, Not being aggressive. Absolutely. Yeah. You just got to keep shooting through it. Yeah. You know, go back to the Syracuse game. Jordan Bohannon, he shot terribly. Right. Was it 07 that he started the game? Uh huh. It was 07. You're 100% right. And hit four, five threes mm-hmm. in the second half because he kept shooting and he wasn't scared of the moment. Joe, Sweet, Joe Wieskamp last night, he looked scared. And that's something different than what we've seen out of this group this year. This was a group that felt like they had more mental toughness than we've seen in the past. It's a team that guys wanted the ball in late clock and late game situations and wanted to t- take that big shot. Didn't see that out of Wieskamp last night. And with this roster now, without Bohannon, without Frederick, two guys that want those shots, mm-hmm. you need Wieskamp to be out there, be aggressive, and be confident, too. Yeah, no doubt. Nanji, of course, we know he's gone for the leader. I like Tucson's game. Yeah, he turns it over maybe a yeah. little, a couple of times too many, and you sh- shake your head a little bit. But then he does something to you know bring you right back and think, boy, they got something there in this kid. He's going to be a nice player. He's tough. He's fearless. I like that about him. He was one of the problems too from beyond the arc, right? Yes. He couldn't make a shot. They kept setting Garza up to try that three ball, and he did. And he's we've seen him hit that. I have no problem with him taking that shot. He's hit it in the past. Creeners hit that shot in the past before. 
of all the guys that Trent that had a decent night, I mean, he made 75% of their threes of all guys on the, on, on the floor, Connor McCaffrey. Not who you'd anticipate. Oh, he, the made the, he made the first three of the night after Wieskamp had missed his first three. Connor McCaffrey finally hit one to get them off the schneid from the, um, from all those misses behind three. And he just, it was just one of those poor shooting nights. So my point being is I, I just want to flush it. I know mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's maybe too simplistic because it's Nebraska, but they're not going to shoot that badly every night. You better hope not. Well, they don't have a chance if they if they if, no. if they if they repeat this effort. This stretch is ultra important. Now. Give it to me. Give it to me between who's the game between Maryland uh, and Michigan? That is the one road game. That's that Northwestern. They have. That's Northwestern. That is Tuesday night. They go to Evanston to take on the Wildcats. Uh, BTN probably more than likely. Yes, yeah, it's either BTN or uh, FS1. Then the Friday game with Michigan. Uh huh. That's eight o'clock. Home for Rutgers the following Wednesday. Oh my. And then the Monday, the 27th, home for the Badgers. That's a Monday game. A Monday game. At Carve. That's odd. You don't see many of those. No, sure. you don't. You don't see the Big Ten playing very often on Monday night, period, do we? They've been stretching out this schedule as much as possible. No, look, I, like, I love what they're doing. I, I like the fact that there's three uh, Sunday night games featuring Big Ten teams. Now, sadly, Northwestern's in every single one of them. You know, some years that would be okay, but we don't think that they're going to the be. the case this year. Don't you like that, though? The, the day is over, whether it's football or however you spend your Sunday, and at 7 o'clock you turn on your TV. There's a Big Ten game to finish the weekend. Because really, what else is on TV Sunday well, night? The Simpsons? Yeah. Family Guy? Yeah. I don't know. Isn't there some drama that you like? No. Wow. Well, like, it used to be Game of yeah, Thrones. First 48, you great game. Billions. Billions is going to come back at some point. That's okay. pretty good. But but Big Ten hoops on Sunday night is pretty good in its own right. All right, so this game tonight, Trent, uh, Kansas pays a visit. Boy, Bill Self had some glowing things to say about this site. Not this Cyclone team, but the Cyclone teams of the past few years. And, you know, he just, uh, he was asked about it. He just reeled off all the guys in the NBA that... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that played for Iowa State. He said he liked his guys better. I mean, he has to say that, right? And uh, but man, uh, when when you think about when you hear an opposing coach, one of his ilk, just um, you know verbatim go through the uh, the roster of Iowa State over the last few years. They they had some dudes. That was a terrific rivalry. Here's what I'll say. I'm surprised the point spread is going the direction that it is. For people that don't know, open at seven yesterday when Kansas it first came favored up. seven. Now it's down to five. Now, Four and a half, I think. If you believe in the reverse line movement, and this will tell you where sharps are betting, mm-hmm. 67% of the bets right now are on Kansas. Yet the point How spread much? is going the other way. What's the money say? Do you have that? How much? I don't have, yeah, not in this app. I'd, I'd okay. look at a different spot for that. But usually what that says is the sharps yep. are going one direction while Joe Public mm-hmm. is betting on the Jayhawks. Now, the sharps aren't always right by no, any means. No, no. <laughs> And and this line of thinking isn't always right. If it was, everybody'd be doing it. Pretty simple, yeah. yeah. Catch on, and you'd be able to do that very quickly. But by and large, this is what it says mm-hmm. that people are jumping on. The professional betters are on the Cyclones tonight, and they're grabbing the points at seven, and at six and a half, and six, and five and a half, and five, and now four and a half mm. is that number. Is that where it settles? We'll uh, keep an eye on that one here. It's tough to envision, though, what we've seen out of this Iowa State team recently. Yeah, that they're suddenly well, the last go out week, there. Trent. The yeah. last, we don't have to go back very far. The last week, like they have Tyrese Halliburton, who, oh by the way, 
is number four on ESPN's draft board, is number six on the Sporting News' draft board. So it's not like, you know, you throw out the highest and the low. Everybody seems to be, everybody's got him in the lottery. But ESPN now has him the fourth guy off the board. Uh, in this June's draft. I mean, think about that. You got a lottery pick. You got a top five pick. And then what? I mean, Bolton's played better. He has. He absolutely has. Totally agree with your assessment. Is it, on is, him. is it as simple as the big guys just are disappointing? You know, Condit has played well. I think it's got to be Condit and four guards. I think that Prohm has to start how he finished at TCU this, this past week because Jacobson. Last year, when it was him and four guards, Michael Jacobson had a really nice year. Mm-hmm. When it's young and Jacobson and, and Jacobson has been forced to go to the four spot, it has just not worked out. Team is not nearly as good defensively as we've seen in the past either. Mm-hmm. That's something that against Kansas. Nixon's good defensively. He is on the ball. Trey Jackson off the bench is a pretty good on-ball uh-huh. defender. He can but, be, yeah. But as a whole, I think they're right now 100th. In defensive efficiency, that's not what you're mm. used to seeing from Iowa State. Even though they play at a higher pace, when you look at efficiency numbers, that's about possessions. Right. And they're usually in the top 50, 60. That's not the case this year. Got to be better on that end of the floor. You mentioned playing with four guards. I think that's the way you have to go with I this team. And if the shots aren't falling from the outside, Nixon can't get going, or you can't, don't see Bolton, isn't it time to again turn to Terrence Lewis? <laughs> I mean, I just... He, he He's your guy. <laughs> He plays well offensively uh-huh. in that game, and then he doesn't get off the bench. Uh-huh. I, they need shooting. This team is not a good shooting team this season. 31% from downtown. What can Terrence Lewis do? He can shoot mm-hmm. the basketball. Maybe just that bad on the defensive end, though, that they can't play him. It could be as simple as that. Yeah, there has to be something, right? Yeah. I mean, there has to be something for, for him to be, and not, I don't want to say a doghouse, but, you know, getting the, the lack of minutes that uh, we perceive him to do. Well, Halliburton's got to be, he's got to be Halliburton again, right? I mean, that's, that's you're going to say that every single time that this team takes the floor. I'm with you on Rasir Bolton. Uh, he seems at least this last week, and, and maybe, you know, when, uh, when Halliburton met, missed that game, he got in there, he had a really good night, maybe his confidence grew. Nixon, the Colorado State transfer, we've seen him take some steps forward. Um, it's going to be a tough task, no doubt about that. All right, real quick on this, um, the transfer portal is got a familiar name to it. And we'll talk more about this with Mark Morehouse tomorrow. We'll catch up on Iowa football with Mark at some point tomorrow because we didn't touch at all on the Geno Stone situation. We also now uh, know that uh, one of the guys on the roster, uh, the Hawkeyes quarterback depth chart, is going to leave. Peyton Manziel has entered the transfer portal. Uh, no surprise. I mean, his playing time was clearly going to uh, be cut into. Uh, Deuce Hogan's coming. Spencer Petrus has already passed him by on that depth chart. So um, your thoughts on Manziel leaving the program? Saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, I think so. And he's in the transfer portal. That doesn't mean he's automatically gone. He still very well Mm -hmm. could remain enrolled in classes, go through spring practice. And if he doesn't see a destination that makes sense this spring, Wait till the summer and then go through the process right there. But you're exactly right. Writing was on the wall on this one. Spencer Petrus won the backup mm-hmm. job this year. He, yep. It's not a starting position, but he won that, and he beat out Mansell for that spot. I think that tells you, A, what they think of him, and secondly, the kind of quarterback that they want for people continuing to clamor for a guy that can run it, guy that can move, the guy that has a little bit more wiggle. 
It's not Spencer Petras. That's Peyton Mansell. But when he won that job, I think we were already in line here. Padilla has turned some heads. You got Deuce mm-hmm. Hogan coming in. Mm-hmm. The quarterback room, this is what happens in quarterback rooms here. Mansell, a Texas kid, might be a simple, hey, let's take a shot. Let's go back home, find either an FCS program or even a D1 pro, you know, a place like Rice or something like that, and a chance to play right away. That's certainly something he could be looking for. Another thing with Peyton Mansell, I did hear that he is on pace to graduate here in three years, though he used a redshirt year. Wow. He would have two years of eligibility as a grad transfer, mm-hmm. too. Something certainly would be important. Wouldn't have to have that sit-out year if he does indeed graduate after the spring or summer. Interesting. Did not know that. Well, we'll take a timeout. We'll get Kevin Lehman back to basketball. Kevin Lehman, uh, Washer Systems of Iowa, presents Kevin Lehman. We'll, go, we'll talk about the two Valley teams, both victorious last night, you and I and Drake. But we'll uh, branch out in, as well and pick Kevin's brain. Uh 1045, our buddy Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City star. Lots to talk about uh, with Blair. We'll talk about the Jayhawks, obviously, and the Chiefs as they get set to host the divisional game there, the early game on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Miller and Condon are with you, but before we do that, Trent, let's do this. It's time to pay some bills with iHeartRadio and 1460 KXNO. Text the keyword SUPER. To 200, 200 right now. That's super to 200, 200. That's your chance. Uh, in this nationwide contest. Kevin Lehman next. Blair Kirkhoff before the hour runs up. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. XNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Blair Kirkhoff in about oh, 20 minutes or so. Kansas City Star uh, right now. Kevin Lehman. He's brought to us by Washer Systems of Iowa. We go around college basketball in the state of Iowa. Kevin had the call last night. He saw Indiana State, the Sycamores, and the Panthers doing battle. And let's start there, Kevin. Good to speak with you. How are you, Kevin Lehman? I'm doing good. Ken and Trent got a great New Year going. We're into it in the middle of basketball conference races. Yeah, indeed. The Valley's off to a terrific start. A whole bunch of teams at 2-1, and one, including Drake Bulldogs and the UNI Panthers. Uh, you saw the game last night, uh, Indiana State to Northern Iowa. Um, biggest takeaways from it. I didn't see any of it, just following it on Twitter. Uh, but Burhau apparently had a pretty good night shooting the basketball. Brown, on the other hand, he struggled. Maybe my biggest takeaway. What were you Kevin? Well, the play of Austin Fife. Fife was a double-double kid, 13 points, wow. 12 rebounds, and he hadn't gotten that production in league play. Ben Jackson was really looking for that from Austin Fife. And I think the biggest difference this year between this Northern Iowa team and last year's, besides the maturation of A.J. Green, is they're more physical inside with Fife and Justin Dahl. Ken and Trent, they're getting 15 points and almost 10 rebounds out of that position with those two players, Dahl and Fife. You know, a guy that I've always been intrigued by going back to his freshman year is Taiwan Pickford, and he mm-hmm. hasn't developed offensively maybe the way that people were hoping for, anticipated. He is a big, strong, thick guy inside, kind of that undersized four, if you will, at times, and the way that you and I plays. But he seemed to pick it up here lately. He's battled injuries early in his career. What can Pickard provide for them here the rest of conference play? Well, Trent, you remember two years ago he had that fantastic freshman year where he was one of the top rebounders as a freshman in the country. 
one of the top rebounders at 6'5 and under, broke the ankle as a freshman year, really never got into a rhythm last season. Now, Halden goes down with an ankle injury that lost Illinois State, so everybody thought, oh, this is going to change the way the Panthers play. Pickford in the lineup. You know, I had the game against Bradley on Saturday. He had 16 rebounds. At halftime, he had more offensive rebounds than the entire Bradley team, and Bradley was leading the league in offensive rebounds. He's become a great defender for them. He shut down Daryl Brown the other night. They put him on a number of different players. Tyreek Cook for Indiana State, who is one of the leading scorers. So when I talked to Ben Jameson, Ken and Trent, he said Pickford has really matured and adopted his role as a defender. And he goes, I'm going to let other guys shoot. And he has also a great assist-to-total ratio. He's really been a nice piece of that puzzle. Gives the Panthers more physicality up front. Well, let's go to the Nap Center last night, Kevin. Drake uh, Loyola put on a terrific uh, show. Robbins was unbelievable. This won't be popular, but I don't like the Powder Blues. <laughs> I think ever, I think I'm probably one of the few. I, I like the, you know, the the original blue, the Drake uniform. But that had nothing to do with the with how the team performed. Maybe it did. Who knows? Uh, but we know uh, that whatever worked for Robbins, and maybe it was the IVs. Uh, he's sick as a dog, apparently, Kevin, all day long. He's at Broadlawns getting IVs. Um, ironically, he's named the Broadlawns player of the game after the game finishes with 20-9 and nine last night. Nice win uh, out of Drake last night over Loyola. i tell you what they do, Ken. This Drake team, they win the close games, They're especially at home. They're Is that coaching? Is that DeVries? I mean, how much... I really think he is. I think he's a master. Yeah. And uh, I had him against Bradley, and he spread Bradley all over the floor. And we talked about how much is he influenced by what Mac does, Greg McDermott at Creighton. And they, they want to push it. They're going to run it up the floor. He said, we're not going to shoot as many threes as, as Creighton does, but we're going to spread the court and drive it. They're small. They're quick. They understand their roles. And they've got the guy in the middle you talked about what a great story Leon Robbins is. I mean, this is a kid that didn't play in high school because he weighed 300 pounds. This guy. What, really? Foot, he's got two years. Oh, yeah, he was 300. He didn't play at Assumption. Went to a prep school. And Darren DeVries told me, he said, We're, well, I got this job by the 11 scholarships. I see a seven-footer. I didn't watch him play off of a scholarship. <laughs> this is a great college basketball story, Leon Robbins. Uh, it, it, he's been putting up big numbers. I didn't know about the IV, but uh, – Who's that kid? And you remember, uh, Tri- you might know the Conroy boys from Assumption, yeah. Duffy. Uh, they're his uncle. I got a text when I was broadcasting the Bradley game. They said, Liam Robbins is my nephew. Mm-hmm. So he's got some, uh, he's got some basketball bloodlines in him. So this conference as a whole, I think you and I certainly going to be up there contending for the regular season title. Drake, if they continue to defend home floor the way they have, I think the home winning streak's up to something like 13, 14 games. They keep continue to do that. They're going to be up there. Who else? Missouri State has a ton of talent. Doesn't feel like they put it together. Bradley made that big run a year ago, getting to the NCAA tournament by winning the conference tournament. Who else is going to be up towards the top of the league in your mind? Well, I broke it down last night, and my top Three, Northern Iowa. I still like Bradley. They need to get Charles back. Mm-hmm. He may be season injury injury uh, with surgery on his hand. Not sure of that one yet. But they they protect home court. They've won thirteen in a row at home at Bradley. And Loyola's coming on, even though they lost last night. This is a team that's going to protect their home court. Then that next year, right behind them is Drake. You know, 
Can he make that run again and get the magic he had last year, Darren DeVries and the Bulldogs? I like Indiana State. They're young up front. And Missouri State's still low with talent. So those are my top six. And I, I really think right now, if I'm a bet man, I'll tell you who my playing teams are. Interesting. Well, we, we shall see. Kevin Lehman is our guest. Kevin, I want to, we'll save Iowa State in Kansas for a minute. Let's go to Lincoln last night. Uh, the Hawks depleted lineup. No Frederick in the lineup. Uh, of course, we know about the other injuries. Um, and, and there's, there's, they're starting to clearly pile up. Hoiberg's plan last night was to pack it in on Garza. He still had 16 and 18. But when the rest of the team, uh, just can't make an outside shot seemingly to save their life, Wieskamp was 1 of 10 from the three point line. Tucson was 0 of 5. Five, Garzo of four just could make a shot for nothing from behind the three. Uh, what do you make of that, Kevin? Do you just draw a line through that one? Is the lack of depth starting to catch up with this team? Where are you on the Hawkeyes? Well, Ken, we were all asked a month ago, what is this Iowa Hawkeye team going to look like without Jordan Bohannon? And we may saw a small glimpse of it because they need bucket getters. C.J. Frederick out. There's a bucket getter. There's not a lot of margin of error with this team. When you go 4 of 33 from beyond the arc, watch out. You're going to see a lot of teams packing in because Garza is your focus. You're going to make the other guys beat you. So, you know, I'm still looking at this. Bakari Evelyn, is he a one game flash? That's this Cincinnati game. He hasn't mm-hmm. given them much since then. Right. Uh, they, and they just don't have any depth, uh, especially any type of injury. And I'm a concern that the grind of the Big Ten. The physicality of the Big Ten, the venues that's playing, is going to really eat into this Iowa team. Used to be a team with tremendous depth. Now they're at the other end of the spectrum. Kevin, when you're struggling as much as Iowa was shooting the basketball last night, and I saw a lot of this, I mentioned it to Ken at the top of the show today, I'll just get it to Garza inside. Well, Nebraska's game plan, obviously, was to not allow him to do that and to keep touches away as much as possible. What else, though, if teams continue to pack it in like this, and if Frederick isn't available, I think that's going to be the game plan for everybody going forward. What else can he do to get Luca Garza touches and get him involved in the offense when he's seemingly double-teamed every time down the floor? Well, you've got to make some outside shots is the easiest way to do it yeah. because until you do that, he's going to have a crowd in there, and you're trying to get some points off your defense. You're trying to get some fast-break points, some runouts off deflections because it's always great to get easy baskets in, in that, those situations. We call them lid lifters. you got to get the lid off the basket for those other guys because we know what Garza can do. Well, as long as though they, they, they need to get C.J. Frederick back, mm-hmm. somebody to help spread the court. And, and Wieskamp's got to play at a more consistent basis because we talk about these other teams. The great ones have inside-outside balance. The Hawks did not have that last night. Hmm. Let's talk about Iowa State. They'll host Kansas tonight. They're off to an 0-1 start in the Valley, losing at overtime in Fort Worth, in the Valley, uh, in the Big 12, losing uh, in Fort Worth to TCU. Of course, they may be the I don't think it's the worst loss in school history. I think Hampton is still holds that distinction to seemingly, you know, the stakes that were on the line at the time. Uh, but, but nonetheless, a, a real bad one, uh, 324th ranked team or wherever they were. 
Uh, it's Halliburton, who's clearly a lottery pick. I think ESPN has him the fourth uh, player off the board. Sporting News has him six. So point being, he's really good. Uh, and then it's a bunch of guys that seemingly are trying to find the roles. Bolton's coming on, but at the worst time, here comes Kansas, the team to beat in the league. What do you see in Steve's Prohm's bunch this year? Uh, can this team salvage uh, the Big 12 season, uh, and what's it going to take to do so? Well, Ken, I can't believe you brought up Hampton. <laughs> That's a game many of us tried to forget about, but that brought back quite a memory of uh, Steve Murfield being carried off uh, by his players. Terrific he's video. Now, he's now, yeah, he's now an assistant with. Uh, he's been with McDermott at Creighton for quite a number mm-hmm. of years. Uh, the head coach at Hampton from that win. But when you look at Iowa State, oh boy, we talked about Hilton Magic. We didn't see it against the Hawkeyes. Can they get it going tonight with Kansas coming in there? Halliburton makes the people around him better. I think you've got a star in the making in George Conduit. Mm-hmm. But they've been inconsistent shooting the basketball. You know, Rashir Bolton had that big rep coming from Penn State. We haven't seen him consistently make baskets. Prentice Nixon has bucket get a for them either. So, and I think the disappointment I've seen is we thought Michael Jackson had had a fantastic senior year. He has struggled to put up the numbers that I thought he would. They, they need him to get him going because he was has always been kind of the blue guy for the Cyclone team. And the question is, you know, do they go with a small lineup? They did that at TCU at the end. Yep, try to go big. Yeah, I mean, you got you got a Kansas team with Izabuki and then some size coming in there. Uh, you know, it's going to be a tough task for Iowa State as far as the Big Twelve. Boy. West Virginia's come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. has been fantastic, and you can't forget about Texas Tech. Uh, it's going to be another grind in, in, in the Big Twelve. And where, where's this uh, Iowa State team going to land? I'm not sure. I think it's as far as Halliburton can take them. Kevin Laban joining us, presented by Washer Systems of Iowa. Kevin, last thing for you, we'll get you out defending home floor. It's been something Steve Prohm has certainly given a lot of lip service to. Though it really hasn't shown up. Seven losses two years ago. They lost four games in Hilton a year ago and already two L's this season with a lot still in front of them in Big 12 play. When you talk about defending home court, Hilton Magic, all these different things, outside of what the fan base and the noise that it's generated, what can a team do to defend home floor? Well, if you've been that Iowa State fan base and any fan base, they're one of the most rabid ones in the country, and they understand basketball, uh, the Iowa State fans. So hustle plays, get your fans involved, block shots, big threes, stops when you need them, runouts, like we said, the easy baskets. Uh, and I give, you know, I was at the game when I was there. I give the Hawks great credit. Every time the Hilton crowd started going, they made a shot and he threw it inside, got Garza touches inside. That's the problem with Kansas. When you got a guy inside, you can stop those runs by getting him to the free throw line, getting him touches to slow that game down. That's the problem that they're going to have with Kansas. I think Kansas can will be able to take the crowd out of this and, and uh, do they have enough horses for Iowa State to put up enough points to, to stick with this Kansas team. Some people are saying maybe a Jayhawk team good enough to win the whole thing when this comes out in April. Mm, we shall see. The, the, the conference overall, you mentioned Baylor. I think they're going to be a very tough out, and, and Huggins has his team playing exceptionally well. Kevin, great to talk to you. Look forward to doing this on a weekly basis. Have a wonderful week, Kevin Lehman. Thank you. All right, Kenneth Trent. Thanks for having me on. You guys have a great
day. Take care. Kevin Lehman, Talking College Basketball, Washer Systems of Iowa sponsors. Blair Kirkhoff, standing by, down to Kansas City, we will go. Speaking of those Jayhawks, we'll do that. We'll do a lot of Chiefs as well as they get set to host a divisional. Patriots are out of the way. <laughs> Wide open. <laughs> Ravens. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll talk to you about Blair Kirkhoff next. Trent and I with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station 14. New Orleans original. In Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, David Kaplan in his weekly spot, Bill Bender Sporting News on College Football. Right now, heading south to Kansas City, KansasCity.com, Kansas City Star's very own uh, Blair Kirkhoff. Blair, Trent, and Ken, grateful to have you on. Thank you. How are you? Happy New Year, Blair Kirkhoff. Yeah, you too. Uh, doing well. I hope you guys are too. Indeed we are, Blair, and lots going on. And I guess we should start in, uh, with, in the NFL. We'll get to the Jayhawks and the, uh, and the Cyclones, uh, before we run out of segment here. But such a big, big spot. These two teams played earlier this year at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, it went Houston's way. It was a good football game, if memory serves. I think it was a touchdown, uh, in the end. But how do the Chiefs turn the tables on the Texans and advance, uh, to championship weekend well uh one thing to keep in mind as um you know as you, as you look at this game the chiefs that was week six and the chiefs spent the first half of the season the first half plus a couple of games really banged up and there are going to be five players who start for the chiefs on sunday who uh did not play in the regular season game because of an injury and some significant players at that. Chris Jones, the, the defensive mm-hmm. lineman, uh, Anthony Hitchens, the, the Iowa yep. linebacker, and a couple of offensive linemen, including Eric Fisher. So Sammy Watkins didn't play. I think that's where you start. The, the other piece, I think if you're a Chiefs fan and you're looking at this optimistically, is the Chiefs defense has gotten so much better this year. When, when, when the Chiefs lost to the Patriots in the AFC title game a year ago, Andy Reid blew out his defense, basically. Mm-hmm. He fired Bob Sutton two days after the season. The, the, the defensive staff was gone. They did not bring back Justin Houston, Eric Berry, D. Ford, you know, the guys who had been their leaders and pro bowlers and all that, replaced everybody. And it took a while for it to come together, but it seems to be coming together just in time for the playoffs. Chiefs are... I think they're leading the NFL in in defensive scoring, uh, scoring defense over the last six, seven games, and and uh, they're just doing a lot of good things. Now, it's one thing to to do that in the regular season, especially against AFC West teams, but now they're in the playoffs and and they're facing a you know terrific quarterback in Deshaun Watson on Sunday. We'll we'll see if it carries into the playoffs. You mentioned Watson; he had a couple of rushing touchdowns in that game back in Week Number Six. As a whole. Houston was able to run the football very effectively against Kansas City. This defense is better for the Chiefs, no doubt, but is that the lingering concern, the way that they were able to really control the tempo of the game, what they're able to do offensively, and especially on the ground? Yeah, they had a 40-20 to 20 minute time of possession <laughs> advantage the Texans did in that game. It, it was ridiculous. And Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson did uh, dominate that game, for the t- and, and of course Deshaun Watson. So that is, that's, uh, you know, that's what Kansas City will focus on this weekend. The other 
The other thing to keep in mind, one of the places where Kansas City's been vulnerable this year is the running back out of the backfield. And Duke Johnson does that very well. Mm-hmm. He is um, he, he's very good as a, as a receiving target out of the backfield. He had a really good game against the Bills last week. So um, that's that's one one thing to keep an eye on. I think it's one place that the Texans can expose the Chiefs a little bit. And, um, and I'm, if I'm Bill O'Brien, I'm, I'm looking at that. Yeah, and, and rightly so. Uh, if, if I'm Bill O'Brien, I'm trying to figure, figure out a way. Is I mean, who's who's more of a weapon, Blair? Who would be you know the number one guy that the defensively the Texans would want to not eliminate, but maybe limit? Uh, Tyree Killer, Travis Kelsey, both of them such terrific weapons. Both of them, and a lot of games you watch, uncoverable in their own right. Hiller Kelsey, bigger threat to the Texans, do you think? You know, Hill, when he played against the Texans in the regular season game, it was his first game back after missing four with a shoulder injury. And the first series for the Chiefs ended with Hill catching a long touchdown pass, and he caught a second one in that game as well. So, look, this is a, the, the, we've talked about where the Chiefs may be a little bit vulnerable on defense. The, the, the Texans have their bottom half of the NFL in several key defensive categories. I think this game is ripe for a, a hundred and you know hundred and twenty yard game by Tyree Kill or a ten catch game by Travis Kelsey or even Sammy Watkins coming up with uh, with, with a big game. I, I think I think it's possible. I think there are some things possible against the Texans that wouldn't be there for the Chiefs if say they played the Raven. They were playing the Ravens this week. So um, I, I think Tyree Kill is the first guy you look at, and you know you just. He's got the you know, he's got the speed, the dynamic that nobody else has, right. and and and, I, and the Chiefs are going to exploit that. So weather wise, what are we looking at this weekend? We've seen some bitterly cold games down in Kansas City. What's the weather forecast have to say? Yeah, you always have to look at that with with the Chiefs. And a year ago, they played the Colts in the snow in this round, right. and then the Patriots on bitter cold a bitter cold day. The, the precipitation, there's, there's some precip coming, um, which means it's heading your way after here, uh, uh, on, on Friday. And Friday and Saturday, I think, are going to be some uh, snow and ice days, but not Sunday, which is great for you know, trying to park 20,000 20, cars <laughs> in Arrowhead. Um, the, the, it should all be gone by Saturday night, and we're looking at low, you know, highs in the low 30s. On on and but sunny on on Sunday afternoon, so it should be good football weather here. Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com is our guest. Jayhawks, Cyclones, uh, in a moment. Blair, do you buy into the the? I don't know if it's a rumor, if it's if there's anything to it or not. That if the Chiefs do win the Super Bowl this year, that Andy Reid would pick that time as the time to you know to hang it up. Is that a big talker in Kansas City that if they're successful, they may be in the market for a new head coach that Andy Reid would walk away with that Lombardi trophy? No, I really haven't heard that. I, I think when you look, things may be different for Andy Reid if he didn't have you know, a 24-year-old wonderkind quarterback. Uh, mm. I, I think Patrick Mahomes is the kind of player that you you know that, that you mold and craft and and uh, and guide as long as you can. Andy's not that old; he's in his early sixties, um, uh, maybe mid sixties. And he, he, you know, he's got. I think he feels like he's got several more years left in him. I, you know, it's, we were talking about this recently that you know when when he got fired by the Eagles seven years ago, um, it's kind of fashionable now for coaches who, who lose their jobs. You know, McCarthy's a prime example. Taking a year off and uh, and just kind of recalculating and 
um, and, and, and get, getting your bearings. But Andy Reid, he couldn't wait to get back. He, he was so ready to continue coaching football that he, he actually had three or four offers, and he picked the Chiefs. I, I think that's who he is. Football coaching is in his DNA, and I, I just – I can't see him stepping away with, um, you know, with, with a Super Bowl victory this year. I, I'll tell you to be honest with you, I, I think um, I, I think one makes you hungry for more, mm. and and um, and look, he, he he's got to win one. Uh, I, I think he's a Hall of Fame coach without one, but I, I know he aches for a Super Bowl. He's been in it so long, and he's won so many games. He's he's won the most games of anybody who's coached. Uh, professional football that doesn't have a championship, um, either NFL or Super Bowl title. Blair, let's get into the game tonight. Kansas, Iowa State, Hilton Magic hasn't been exactly magical here the last couple of years, but you've seen some great games in that building. You know how good they can be, Iowa State, even in down years in Hilton. What are your anticipations? Bounce back out of Iowa State after a couple of losses, or is this Jayhawks team just too much? It is a good KU team. It's, 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 it's excellent. Um, on, on defense, and and you're right, Trent. I, I think some of the KU Iowa State games in the last oh gosh, I go back a long, long time, um, you know, to the to the Johnny Orr days. I, they're just some of the best atmosphere games mm-hmm. in college basketball anywhere in the country. When when Kansas goes to Hilton, and I, I, I love that atmosphere. I wish I was going to be there tonight, but I can't because of the Chiefs coverage. And be, between that and then Iowa State and KU at Sprint Center <laughs> in the in the Big Twelve yeah. tournament, those. Those are the two. I, I don't. I don't care who else. I don't do Carolina. You could, any other game. When Iowa State and Kansas play in those conditions, I, I just. I just love it. Um, I, I, Kansas is really good, and if they can get, uh, you know, if they can get Isaiah Moss hitting some three pointers, they're as good as any team in the country. That's the only thing that's going to keep Kansas, I think, from having a Final Four type team or, or season is inability to um, to consistently hit threes because they've got. You know, with, with Yudoka Azubuki up front, David McCormick's playing well. They're long and lean with Ochai um, uh, and and, um, and Garrett, you know, on the wings. And then Devon Dotson's, a, you know, an above-average point guard. They, they seem to have they seem to have everything, except it's not a great shooting team. And uh, and, and again, you can, you know, you can go four for twenty-five and, and win some games in, in the Big Twelve, but you can't do that in the NCAA tournament. So. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with this KU team, but I, I really do expect I expect Kansas to win there tonight because I think Iowa State's a little bit down, yeah. and, um, and and Kansas is just um, you know there was a nice one they picked up against West Virginia had to come back and do it on Saturday, and and uh, and I saw where you know Iowa State lost to TCU in its league opener and TCU turns around and and wins at K State last night, so I don't I kind of don't know what to make of the Big Twelve except I think Baylor and Kansas. Are, are really, really good. I, I'm with you. I'd put West Virginia notch below those two, but uh, Huggins got a certainly a far better team than anybody saw in the, in the preseason. Yeah. Last thing for me, Blair, uh, back to Isaiah Moss. What kind of impact has the uh, former Hawkeye transfer uh, had on this team? You mentioned he needs to make his threes. Uh, what kind of impact, what kind of season has Moss had so far? Well, he's been, he, you know, he's, he's been dealing with some injuries, so he hasn't been out there consistently. And it's funny, it's uh, when when he when he is out there when he gets he doesn't start so when he gets in the first half and he makes his first three you think all right here we go you know he's he's in for a four for six night and and that loosens up everything for Kansas when he's making that shot but if he misses his first one or first couple you're thinking you know Kansas is going to struggle tonight I mean everything's going to have to come from the you know from from inside it's going to be driving and 
and you know getting the lob pass to um, you know to, to uh, Doke and um, but that that's how you know, that's how critical he is. That's why he was he was really the most important offseason acquisition for for Kansas. They were out looking for a you know a perimeter shooter, and, and, and Moss fills the bill when he's when he's stroking it. So. Um, he he is important, but he really comes off the bench. He's a, he's a really important player for KU. Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star, KansasCity.com. Blair, thank you as always. Appreciate when we have uh, an opportunity to have you on. We look forward to doing so again. Thank you, Blair. Hey, great talking to you. Good to talk okay. to you. Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star on the Chiefs and on the Jayhawks tonight to Iowa State at Hilton. 7 o'clock tip. ESPN Plus has it. And you're set up. And I'm set up. Thank you. I'm going to work to get it on the television. You're going iPad. Baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps. Baby steps. We'll start there. Leafs, Jets on the TV oh, screen. I see where you're going. Uh-huh. The iPad, Jayhawks, clonage. Uh, we'll come back. David Kaplan kicks off the hour. Bill Bender to come as well. Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.